This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast, episode 118. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and joining me as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hey, Peter. Hey, it's, Adam. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, do you happen to have Invisalign braces? I do not. Oh, it must be the video then, because <laughs> it, it looks like you have, uh, you know, the, I can't, I can't see the distinguished, I can't see the gaps between your teeth. Now I can. <laughs> yep, I, also, real, I also trimmed my beard today, too. Yeah, there are real teeth there. Those are real teeth. Yes, sir. <laughs> ah, better to yeah, that's, that's, uh, um, there was a story, one of our Krav Maga instructors was talking about a story about the head instructor for uh, the, the, the school. And I think this must have been more than like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, um, you know, it was starting up traditional, you know, standing stuff. And then the fight went down to the ground. And, you know, this is in the call in the school, right? Not, not yeah. out on the street or anything. And um, the, the, the main instructor wasn't able to get out from under the guy who, you know, who had him, had him in this like jujitsu style submission. And so all he, he ended up doing was he just took a he bit into him in the ribs and the guy who was on top let go and sprung off and he was able to pound his way out. He's like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I just bit him. I, I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I, I bit him. But hey, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was, that, that was quite pretty awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So we got all kinds of things to, uh, to work on today, to talk about today, even though mm-hmm. we didn't really document any of it. No, no, we didn't document it. So, but unlike, uh, you know, timesheets, if you didn't document it, didn't happen on the podcast. If you didn't document it, it could still happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll talk to you about timesheets since you mentioned, since you mentioned timesheets. All right. Let's talk um, about timesheets. So as you know, I'm, I'm back uh, employed at, uh, at the hospital again. Right. And, um, you know, again, in a follow, sort of following the way, uh, listener of the show, friend of the show, Scott Wilsey, um, he is very careful to never name his employer, right? Mm-hmm. And I will respect that. Obviously, I won't. I do know where he works, but, you know, we never mention it on the podcast or anything. Um, he's a little more careful than I am. I mean, you know, if, if someone finds out where I'm working, it's not the end of the world and it's not, you know, a huge secret, <laughs> really. Um, but you know, I again have a, a long-term contract as I like to say with, um, you know, with, with this hospital. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the funny thing is that I'm classified, you could say like salary kind of thing. Like it's a, it's an engagement, but, but there's an expected number of hours per week. Right. But I'm not an hourly employee by any stretch. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a little weird. And, um, so uh, the entire security, well, the whole, like anybody who's working, if you're working in IT there, you know, you have to use this system and they've been using Workfront um, to, uh, to track time. And it's mm-hmm. really a horrible system. It's, yeah. it's generally a horrible system 
all around. But as far as like a timesheet thing, it's, it's terrible. So um, now all of the employees of the hospital, like all who are non-essential, have been pretty much told to work from home. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that presents its own set of challenges right there with respect to just getting the IT infrastructure spun up. And I'm sure you were doing this about a month ago. I was working heavily with a number of my key clients to spin up their remote access capabilities. Right. Um, and uh, the, the hospital there uh, is no different. So, um, but now the, the, the shift and the, uh, the concern has shifted to management and they really want to know what their employees are doing. So mm -hmm. they have issued this directive to all of their employees, even salaried employees, mm -hmm. for the information services division, for instance, have to be tracking their time. Okay. Now, I've been sharing tips and tricks with my colleagues there because I've been tracking time for a long, long time. Because yeah. we're like you know, lawyers. We're like lawyers in a sense. <laughs> Adam, I thought you liked me. <laughs> um, from the time tracking standpoint. From the time tracking standpoint. And we breathe air. But right. Now, I mean, I know that you, you, you generally position yourself as a, an MSP. Mm -hmm. And you do a, a bunch of services that are flat rate. But you also bill for time on certain services? We No, not anymore. We still okay. have some clients who we bill by the hour. Uh, okay. but eventually there will be no bill by the hour clients Got it. all the okay. managed services and, and i'm a hodgepodge i do some things which are flat rate some things i say um you know if anything goes wrong with this service whatever it is you know you pay x per month that will not change during the life of our contract yada yada and there's other stuff which is strictly ad hoc and only you know by the hour um, so for instance, with the hospital, you know, there's a flat set, you know, annual agreement number and that, that doesn't change. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've been telling, you know, folks, especially the, cause managing a team there now, I'm like, this is how I manage my time. This is how I track my time. Mm -hmm. um, they use outlook because, you know, like just about every hospital on the planet, they're you know, running Microsoft exchange, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, whatever you're working on, it goes in the calendar. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you have a gap in, if you have a meeting at eight 30 and at, um, you know, then it's done at nine and then from nine to 10, you were poking away at uh, Splunk or elastic search, um, you know, looking for indicators of compromise or reading, uh, you know, security news feeds or whatever. You just jot that in the calendar. That's all you do. You just go in and this is what I was working on. Right. And then at the end of the week, when it comes to submit your timesheet, it's all there. And at the worst mm -hmm. that you have to do is transcribe stuff. Now, again, if you're stuck using Workfront, that is pretty horrible. But <laughs> um, I remember I had, I've had employees who um, would insist on, you know, like, oh, at the end of the week, I've got to do my timesheet. And I was just like, if I ever yeah. hear you say that again, you're fired. There's, there is no, I have to do my timesheet or I have to figure out my timesheet. Like, if you're not recording what you were doing as you're doing it, you're going to forget stuff, which means you're going to start making stuff up. Yeah. Right? You know, your timesheet is not telling a story. Mm -hmm. It is an accounting log of what happened. Right. You know? So anyway, so that was the, the fun part, but it gets better. <laughs> 
So there, there was been talk about maybe this that work front might go away. Oh, right? uh-huh. well, apparently that's not just talk; it's happening, and the replacement is going to be put into effect next month. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, so meanwhile, they've got all these people who are there trying to get ramped up to start using Workfront to track their time more carefully, and the system's getting yanked in a month. And I was oh, just wow. like, "That's that's healthcare. That's healthcare in a nutshell for <laughs> you right there." So anyway, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I just had a, a great big initiative to remind everybody that timesheets have to be filled in because like all my guys are salary, yep. um, but we do track time for our clients and how long it takes us to fix a solution so that we can properly plan for manpower. Bingo. Even and, if it's not going directly into an invoice, you still need that, mm-hmm. that, that info. And I also need to know if this client is occupying 25% of all of my technicians' time, we've either got to fix our efficiency, or maybe we've got to fix the client, or maybe we've got to break the relationship because it's it's no longer advantageous. Right. Something's got to change, though, and you're not going to know that unless you've got your metrics. Yeah. And I won't know uh, if I need to hire somebody. Yeah. Because if my if my guys are not filling if my guys turn in timesheets, three guys fill in six hours of accountable time a piece, well, I think I'm gonna let two of you go. Mm-hmm. Because eighteen hours that can be covered by one guy and he'll still have a whole half, half you know week. half a week. <laughs> you know? There you go. And you know, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well then it is important, isn't it? Yes, it's, it is very important, uh, you know, even for salary. So it's not about you getting paid. It yeah. really is about you getting paid because if you, don't, <laughs> if you don't justify your existence, then you will, you know, no longer be justified <laughs> to yeah. work here. I mean, that's just it. It, it, it is, um, it does come down to, yeah, it, it will be reflected in your, your pay and, I, you know, I can understand that. I, I, mm-hmm. I can understand and appreciate that. Now that that said, if you're, you know, like where, where does the employer, you know, where does the, um, where do you draw the line? I mean, the idea is behind salary is, you know, you're always working for, <laughs> you know, the company, right? Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of employees who, you know, once they become salaried, they're like, well, you know, I don't have to work so hard. Um, but then there are times when like, yeah, I need to work this weekend because, you know, and, and put in extra time. And, you know, I know I've seen like salaried employees who are putting in a good say 20 hours a week. And, um, I've seen others who, well, I've heard stories, uh, one of, uh, one, another Robin Robbins, uh, person there. Uh, who said that he expects his salaried employees, like if they are routinely putting in more than 60 hours a week, then he'll look at, uh, at hiring more people. Oh, see, see um, I, have a, I have a different culture. Yeah. Uh, my culture is I expect everybody to work 40 hours a week. That's my expectation. With the exception, I've got a salaried employee who only is expected to work 32. And that's, right. that's our deal. I mean, that's the negotiation we have. I expect my guys to work 40 hours a week. 
And if I have a, and, and one month out of the, or one weekend out of the month, you're required to be on call. Right. You're not working the weekend, but you are the on-call technician. That means so you, you, don't go out you of may time. be working that weekend. Yeah, you may be. Right. But for the most part, it's very rare that, that anybody works on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just my expectation, 40 hours. And if somebody's not working 40 hours, I probably don't need them. And if, yep. if they're working 60, then yeah, it's, it's about time to hire somebody. So, yep. but no, I, my, my cultural expectation is 40 hours a week. I mean, yep. I expect everybody to work hard during that time and be done. You know, I don't yeah, feel, be done. <laughs> my, you know, I don't, I don't spend the salary as I own you all day. You know, I kind of feel like, if somebody spends four hours, you know, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., they spend an extra four hours doing something that had to be done. Well, let's make that up somewhere. I mean, let's, you know, right. you, you need to be off on Thursday morning. Well, yep. let's, let's just even that out or yep. take, take that part of the day off. You know, sometimes you can't do that because of projects and things that are going on. But I try to keep it fair. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. Fairness, you know, like what's, what's expected and anything, I mean, if it's negotiated and understood and agreed upon by both parties can be considered fair. Yeah. You know, if, if my expectation is like, look, I have a certain set of tasks that are outlined and I expect you, you know, them to be done by this time and I will pay you this much to do that that's fair. I mean, you and I, I'm sure you do you, or I don't know if you do this now, but do you do maybe as part of your uh, onboarding, will you do projects for a specific price? Uh, no, they're included when, when we sign a three, yeah. When okay. we sign a three year contract, all those projects are included. Okay. But because again, I'm going to make yeah. it up. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's just, but if it gets into, but, but if that's something that's, again, even, even if that's a broken over a three-year contract, you're essentially saying, this is the price. This is what we will be providing you over the course of three years. This is what we will do. Mm-hmm. And unless what we will do is provide you with X hours of labor, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how long it takes. Right. Right now, so if my if my job description for a, a, one of my customer one of my uh, employees is run the company, <laughs> and it and I will pay you this much, and they are running the company, then I don't care how many you know hours a week, right? Yeah. So so I've always been you know kind of like you know but 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 um, by on the flip side, when I teach a yoga class, I am expected to teach a one hour yoga class. Yeah. And I'm expect- <laughs> there, you know, 20 minutes in advance and I'm expected to lock up when class is over. Mm-hmm. So I can't just like phone it in and show up for 20 minutes and say, yeah, we're good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, call it a, call it a day and expect to get paid. Right. So it, yeah. it's all about what's expected and yeah. what's agreed upon. So anyway, uh, that, that one, that one always stuck out with me though. I forget which, which guy it is. One of your competitors in the area down there. Yeah. Or, you know, when he said like, no, oh, no, if you're, if you're routinely putting in more than 60 hours a week, then, you know, then we'll look at hiring more help. If all, I was just like, yeah. who would take that job? <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> you must be paying amazingly like 
50 mm-hmm. percent more than everyone else i don't know yeah well you know in in today's environment where all of a sudden managers are managing virtual people rather than people down the hallway yes they are trying to figure out how how do they how do they keep up with these things how do i how do i know that peter's doing his you're not a good example because you we know you do your job and you're highly motivated but let's say some john is not as motivated oh john's totally not motivated john's totally not motivated so so (laughs) so how does you know how do you manage john uh if you don't have some sort of way and you know you don't have a history of of being able to do that other than john was motivated because there were other people around him and the boss was around the corner and people would walk by and see him playing starcraft instead of digging into splunk and finding out why is this alert going wrong (laughs) (laughs) and that's the thing that that's the 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 funny part though is um you know that's exactly that's exactly the issue that managers are facing right now it's like i you know as as a remote worker and a remote manager uh and i have been for a long time i mean i've been managing like contractors and that's a little different obviously because again Mm -hmm. contractors you pay for performance you know you pay for x it doesn't have to necessarily be by the hour or whatnot but i've been managing people remotely in some form or another for more than two decades right right so i'm not a stranger to that and it's it's pretty i think it's pretty easy for me given the right circumstances now when i was at my previous engagement with that company where i was managing the team in london that was not so easy because <laughs> yeah. we had, you know, the equivalent of tenured staff who were allowed to, you know, pretty much you can't get fired over there. In Britain, if you make a three-month probationary period, it's like it's like getting evicted out of an apartment in California. Oh, wow. And you're you're in for life. So, like, if people aren't showing up for my meetings or whatnot, it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and, you know, so that, that was, that, that posed a challenge, you know, mm-hmm. now I, I think that given enough time, I would have been able to overcome that challenge, but there were so many other things that I was just like, screw that. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned it though, um, the most recent or a recent episode of, um, Sam Harris's podcast, the making sense podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Harris is big in the meditation community. If you're not familiar with him, okay. uh, he inter- he interviewed Matt Mullenweg, uh, founder of Automatic, the company behind a little program you may have heard of before, WordPress. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's only I've running like, it. it's only running like a third of the internet or something like that. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's good for blogging, right? Yeah, it's good for blogging. Yes, I think the White House is running on WordPress right now, actually. <laughs> um, but um, Matt also has had his own podcast for I think a little over a year now called Distributed. Because uh, Automatic is a 100% distributed company. So they don't have headquarters. They don't have, uh-huh. they're all thing, you know, all distributed across the planet. And so they, you know, I've learned a lot of good lessons from that. So Sam interviewed him uh, and it was timely because of COVID-19 because, you know, everyone is distributed at this point. Well, not everyone, mm-hmm. but you know, I'd say a majority of the workforce in the entire country is distributed at this point or unemployed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so, uh, it was a very interesting conversation and, you know, it didn't really go too much into like topics that um, Sam Harris normally goes into things like mindfulness, 
you know, uh, ethics and, you know, stuff like that as much as very practical things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Matt was saying, yeah, the biggest people who are having the problem right now with, with uh, distributed work are the managers because, you know, they're used to just managing by wandering around. You know, it's like, how do you do your job? I, don't, I just get up and say, what are you working on? What are you working on? What are you working on? And I'm like, well, if that's how you do things, then you can still do that. You can still pick up the phone. You can open Slack. You can, you know, there's yeah. a lot of ways you can do that. Alternately, you could set agendas and tasks for people and assign work and then check back and see if it's getting done. Yeah. Well, that's hard. <laughs> that, that, that might be the sign of a good manager. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that requires some effort. So I wonder. If there were any internet tools that could help with that too. Oh, goodness gracious. That would be so amazing if we could find <laughs> some tool to do that. But anyway. All right. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind some of uh, some of the interesting stuff uh, regarding, uh, you know, COVID-y things. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Well, and I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be key for successful managers going forward is, you know, is finding, you know, learning how to do that, learning how to, you know, cause like I said, you and I have, you know, talking about contractors, we've, we've done, I need a result and I need you to do it. And I want to know the results and mm -hmm. That's it. So it's real easy for us. I mean, yeah. it, it, I wouldn't say real easy. It's easier because we've got a cult. We have a mindset like that. Yep. So that helps. Yep. Gives us the advantage for right now. Part of our culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been thinking about that too. It's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the lead right now because I've been doing this remote thing for as, not as long as I can remember, but for a good long time, mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't, you know, especially after 9-11, I was not spending nearly as much time driving around to client or customer locations. It was all remote. Right. So not only was I providing my services remotely, I was also, you know, but I've had staff. I mean, when I moved to Boston, I left the, the Paradigm crew back up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. I was managing them remotely, right? When I vacationed in Brazil in the, you know, uh, the winter of 2010, the rest of the company was not with me in Brazil. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just me. Uh -huh. so, you know, so it's not, you know, it depends on, on, on it's a culture thing. You mm -hmm. know, it's a culture and a skill set thing. So, so note to managers, don't take it out on your staff if you can't yet figure out how to manage effectively remotely. Mm -hmm. learn how to manage well and you know as a manager i have the most of the t when i've experienced my most frustrating times as a manager i assumed that somebody wasn't doing something and when i f called them and said what are you doing not not in an accusatory tone mm -hmm. yeah. but what's the status on xyz i kind of i was expecting that to be done today well, I, you know, and then they respond, well, I was too, but I ran into this issue and it took me, you know, two hours to fix this. And, you know, I'm just now getting to that where, you know, as a manager, you may have been expecting that to be done and you may have reported that to be done, right. but that anxiety goes away when you have the communication with the person who's doing the work. And, and that's no different you know, for my manager to employee relationship than a 
uh, client to uh, you know vendor relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a sign of some some good vendors. I mean, we work with a number of them through the hospital and separately, who are you know giving you regular status updates. Yeah, and they say, I mean, you use Connectwise, right? Uh, no, we're Kaseya now. Oh, you're Kaseya now. Wait, mm-hmm. Kaseya. Oh, Kaseya BMS, and then uh, BMS is the ticketing system. VSA is the RMM. Okay, why was I? Th- so I don't want to get off on that. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so, um, but Connectwise purchased Continuum some time ago, and I mm-hmm. use them for certain projects that I just don't want to bother with. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at you know saying like, okay, we will respond to you within you know like four hours or something with a status update. And sometimes the status update is just, we're still working on this. We'll respond to you again in four hours. Yeah. But you know, that, that little bit of effort of just, you know, a little bit of communication goes a long way. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I beat into, uh, you know, my staffs, I try to beat into their heads is like, Hey, we just got a response. We just got a, we just got a ticket or we have a report of a trouble. Right. Has anyone responded yet? No, I'm still looking into it. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> and you didn't no. respond to let them know you were looking into it. Bingo! You know, <laughs> it was like the first thing you do is say, hey, got it. I'm investigating, right? You know, and then maybe a few minutes later, like, oh, I'm going to need some time or something like that. Okay. Yeah. We're aware, you know, we're still investigating. We'll respond within an hour or we'll respond tomorrow or something. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard to say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I, I heard you, you know, or mm-hmm. I can't take your, like, uh, iPhone. I'm sure Android does this too now. When you get a call and you're on, the, you're on another call, right, automatic responses, just touch. Sorry, I'm on another call right now. Yeah. That's so much better than just letting them go to voicemail with no response. At least mm-hmm. they know, oh, you're alive. Okay, good, good, you know. <laughs> and, and autoresponders don't count, right? Mm-hmm. Autoresponder is not the same. Technically, between you and me, contractually speaking, yeah, that counts. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> hey, you got a response. I didn't say that response would come from a human. But functionally, no, it is not the same. Yeah, that's not communication. That is not communication. That's an <laughs> auto reply. That's computercation. Speaking of not communication, OMG. Uh, <laughs> I have been getting, since I still have my old 802 cell phone number, Vermont uh-huh. cell phone, I get robo spam from Vermont phone numbers all the time. Uh-huh. My general rule of thumb now is if I get a call from a number I don't recognize, I'm not going to answer it. But I'm almost ready to take it one step further that if it's an 802 number, I'm going to just block it. Just block it. <laughs> right? Have you gotten a, got a call from Hannah? No, I don't think I got a call from Hannah. I don't remember. It was a gentleman who called oh, me okay. uh, a couple days ago, um, and he wanted to know if I was interested in taking uh, advantage of solar credits. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize until I listened really carefully, I was talking to a machine. Really? This was a, it was a pre-canned thing. It was very similar to the Google, um, the, the Google, I forget what it was. They did a demo like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. With their AI driven kind mm-hmm. of thing. I don't know that it was that fancy, but it was like, you know, like, hi, this is Eric with, you know, such and such with solar, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested right now. 
are you sure? Because there, you know, and there was like, there was a little bit of a pause there. And then I listened more carefully and I was like, this is a script. This is a canned script. And this is not a person reading this. (laughs) So, uh, did you play with it? Well, I didn't. I I eventually, as soon as I realized that actually I hung up, but then the next time they called back like five minutes later or something. And I just said, no, click. (laughs) <laughs> now that's also another um, uh, security thing for um, for folks. Apparently, this has been uh, alleged. I haven't seen evidence of this. I've just heard stories um, for like high profile individuals. Like if you call Eric Schmidt or something, right? Um, they ask something like, "Hello, is this Eric Schmidt?" At which point he says, "Yes." Now they have a verifiable recorded voice print of Eric Schmidt. So now they will go (laughs) and take that to some other service and say like, now do we have your authorization to transfer funds from this account? Yes. (laughs) So I mean, that's getting kind of like mission impossible kind of stuff, but not that impossible. <laughs> I don't think so. Mission highly improbable to mission pretty darn likely in a future coming soon. Uh-huh. So We're going to have to take our podcast down because we say yes. And <laughs> it's too late, dude. The horse has left the barn. <laughs> so, you know, people, as they say, you know, people smarter than us are going to have to come up with solutions to this problem. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been getting a call from Hannah. Hannah, how's Hannah doing? And, and Hannah sounds bubbly and friendly. <laughs> and she says, hi, this is Hannah. And I know I'm just calling you out of the blue, but I'd like to talk about buying your property. And so I got the, I got the first call for, and, and it came from a 615, a Nashville, Davidson County mm-hmm. number. And I was like, well, you know, let's see what property she's talking about, you know, cause I, you know, I'm, if somebody wants to offer stupid money, I'm, I'm all ears. So I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I said, this might be a scam. So I'm going to call and just ask them which property they're talking about and give me the address. And if they can't give me that, then I'm not going to take it any further because they're just, they're just fishing. And I called and I got the phone number. It was, it was the press one to leave a message, press two to be removed from this list. So I pressed two, but I have gotten more calls with, with Hannah mm-hmm. also calling me from different phone numbers because I also blocked that phone number. So I blocked mm-hmm. every one of those phone numbers now, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> and that's a thing though, that that's, that's playing whack-a-mole. You can't beat that game. That game no. Is- up more phone numbers and you know eventually as statistically improbable as it may seem you know eventually you're going to block the number of someone else in the future who actually you <laughs> do want to call or you know yeah <laughs> so i mean that's the funny like i got um not uh when i was using various voice over ip providers like i was just spinning up a new phone number for every employee right? I would go to Vonage or Broad Voice or whatever. It's like new employee. Okay. Part of what you do is you get your own phone number. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And one of the numbers we got was like some debtor was on there and some collector was constantly calling. And, you know, I'm like, look, 
I understand. I'm sorry. I am not Jose Jimenez or whatever this guy's name was, right? This is, this, you know, like, where is this person you're trying to reach? Yeah. Uh, you know, in South Boston. Like, okay, dude, I'm in Bethel, Vermont. <laughs> you know, and this was like well over 10 years ago when I literally had not had nothing to do with Boston, right? Mm-hmm. But like, sorry, folks, you know, but that's a problem, you know, and mm-hmm. it's a similar problem with like blacklisting IP addresses for suspected spammers or attackers. Yeah. I am not her. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Maybe. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh boy. So I got to work out at the gym this week. So how'd that go? So it, it went okay. I mean, it's, uh, but it is it, obviously it's a hassle. So first thing happens is you get your temperature taken not a big deal. Uh, you know, and then we've got all this social distancing between each other. And then, uh, because it's the first week back after two months off, you know, it's, it's kind of a lighter workout. Mm -hmm. So, so that was nice. But then after we got done, so we had got, got done in plenty of time to sanitize everything that we touched and, you know, and so made sure that everybody, you know, if you're on a pull-up bar, that's your pull-up bar. Yep. That's your, you know, there's no cross, cross switching or whatever, you know, no sharing the bar. And so all those things were done and we have to sign a waiver every single night before the workout. Yeah. That we're asymptomatic. Um, And so, I mean, they're, they're following it and it is a little bit of a hassle. Uh, We've got a good group of people with a good attitude and, you know, not just, Treat, you know, treating it like, well, this is stupid, but we're going to do it anyway. It's like, well, we'll do it. We don't like it, but we'll do it mm-hmm. because this is going to allow us to work out. You know, I, I was going to say, you know, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. There are very few people who are alive who have ever been through something like this before. Yeah. If any, right? We'd have yeah. to have people who are over a hundred years old right now, and you can probably count those on one hand, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, this is it's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was telling my dad that the other day. Ah, oh, man, I want to get out, and I'm like, yeah, I know, Dad, I want to get out too, but you, you know, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> like, how do you, you just, you know, and, and that's the thing is like, I think we, I don't, I forget if we spoke about this on the podcast last week or not, but you know, part of me wants to say, fine, you want to go out, go great. But <laughs> you're going to hurt innocent people who are smarter and don't want to, you know, but have no choice, but have to go to work or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, I frankly would be surprised if we don't see a resurgence of this thing. You know, I would, I would think we'd have to, I, I can't see any lo- logical troubleshooting, but you know, methodology that would not include there being more cases by people going back out. I mean, cause we've been, nobody's going anywhere. Now we've got people going places cautiously, mm-hmm. but there has to be a ride. I mean, there has to be a bump back up. It, and I, maybe I, it goes back down. Yeah. And I mean, like, so whenever I leave the house now, I bring my mask. Now I was guilty a few days ago. Uh, I think two runs ago, three runs ago, I went out. So about five, four, five, six days ago, I went out and I forgot my mask mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it. Cause I gotten almost, almost like I'd gotten like half a mile away from home before I saw somebody else and I saw them on their mask. And I was like, Oh, 
crap, I didn't have mine. Yeah. So what did I do? I just ran really far away, right? Yeah. Now, the, the governor declared in Massachusetts, if you are being outdoors and you can't socially distance, you have to be wearing a mask. Okay, I stayed well away from everybody mm -hmm. and I adjusted my route because there's part where a route where normally the, um, the path is only like 10 feet wide. Mm -hmm. well, unless someone else is like treading right on the very edge of the trail and I'm doing the same on the other side, which no one ever does. Well, I take that back. Few people, oh, sorry. Many people do not do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. So I adjusted my route. I would go off the path um, and I did not cross a bridge that has just like a four foot wide uh, mm -hmm. uh, sidewalk. Yeah. I just went around it and stuff. And then, you know, since then I've been going. Um, I have found a, uh, an easy way to make masks too. Uh, one of the instructions on um, the uh, CDC I'd never seen before, but I'll, I'll, die, I'll get back to that in a second. Cool. Figure out. Um, um, yeah, because I still don't have any masks. I've ordered them, yep. but I, ha I don't have them. And, you know, and my guys are going to have to go on site soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, so right now I'm telling them, you know, distance, just keep your yep. distance from everybody. We don't, we don't have masks. Right. I mean, and, uh, we are essential personnel, but we're not doing, we're doing some things that need to be done that can't be done with, without a technician doing them. Yeah. Uh, but they're not necessarily emergency because right. our clients are open and they're working. So we we're, we're, doing our best yeah. effort yeah yeah so where i was going with that though is i still see plenty of people without masks mm -hmm. and i'm passing you know like older people they i can you know you can tell at a glance they're overweight they're yeah. walking a little funny you know and i'm like dude you're a prime suspect and you're not wearing <laughs> the mask now i understand from his perspective he's like no, you need to be wearing the mask so you don't kill me. Well, guess what? It goes both <laughs> ways, but yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. You know, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so I noticed I still, I did find, I think it's actually available, but it's super expensive. Um, I think I saw some hand sanitizer, again, available on Amazon. Uh, I got some. Oh, okay. So I got a 16-pack of Germex. Okay. And so what did you end up paying per ounce? I paid uh, $24 for, um, for them. I mean, and it was a box of so 16 of the, I don't know how many ounces, but it's probably, it's less than eight ounce. I mean, it's right. less than a, less than like a, but it's the, the like <laughs> four or five inch pump. Yeah. Cause well, and I ordered, a, I ordered them for the company and mm -hmm. they said it would, it would ship May 29th. Okay. But I got it two days later from Amazon oh. Prime. Uh, so I yeah. wasn't able I wasn't able to find any of that just I found one, but it was like it was like fifty bucks for thirty-two ounces or something. Mm -hmm. Um and I have not been using a lot of hand sanitizer, but what I did find is um some gloves are available, little disposable plastic gloves. Yeah. Available. So, you know, as much as I don't like putting more um plastic into the environment or into the landfill or whatever. Um, you know, that's a, a safe alternative. And I find like when I wear gloves, if I go out to the grocery store that I'm even less likely to touch my face mm -hmm. or fiddle with my glasses or, or whatnot. Yeah. So, um, so I was able to find some of those and order those. 
And I did order a three pack of reusable masks, you know, cloth masks on mm-hmm. Amazon today too. But um, the way I found, um, I'll find the uh, article so we can link in the show notes, but I found an article on how to make your own, you know, like really simple cloth mask. Yeah. So you start by taking a strip of, of cloth, you know, sheet, like it can, they, the, the instructions show you cutting a t-shirt, right? Okay. An old t-shirt and cut it up and you like trim off the bottom. Now I, a few weeks, actually it was before the whole COVID outbreak, I ordered some disposable rags, which are made out of t-shirt material. So there you go. that part's already done. So you take it in, you know, essentially like in a, um, uh, you know, like a rectangular shape like this. Mm-hmm. And then you take a rubber band and you put one rubber band, you know, about a third of the way in and then another one about a third of the way in the other side. And then you fold inward. Mm-hmm. So then what you have is like a book and on each end is a rubber band. Mm-hmm. And then you just turn that and loop the rubber bands over your ears. And there's mm-hmm. enough grip enough friction between the rubber band and the, the, the cloth, the cotton material that it stays relatively in place. Oh, that's now, cool. It doesn't stay all that well when I'm running, <laughs> you know? Um, so my solution to that instead is I just took um, the same, same basic setup, but I used safety pins to fasten the rubber bands in place. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just have that around my, you know, uh, around my neck when I'm running. And then when I get near someone, I just pull it up over my nose and mouth. Yeah. But you can make your own really easily. It's on the CDC website. There's like how to make a cloth mask and you know, you can double it up if you want it thicker. Mm-hmm. That makes running really fun. Yeah. <laughs> and my nose starts running and I'm like, well, I already got a, I got a hanky right there. So we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. So, so, so yesterday talking about COVID-19. So we had an interesting um, conversation with my oldest daughter who's 19 and she, she got her first ethics lesson by Elizabeth and, and me because you know, Elizabeth as a nurse, you know, that's one of the things that medical school, you have to go through ethics. Yes. Uh, the, and so what I was, I was reading to Elizabeth, I was reading, you know, a news article where a woman died. She actually didn't have COVID-19. She had a form of cancer that manifest in a way that appeared to be COVID-19 and she died. Uh, but she was isolated as if she had COVID-19 and her family couldn't be with her as she was dying. Right. But, you know, and so it was, you know, and my daughter said, well, that's unethical. And then, you know, we, well, mm. no, it's not unethical. It was a mistake. It was a mm-hmm. tragic mistake, but it was not unethical. No. It, you know, they were trying to save her. They were trying to save the yes. hundreds of people who could have been infected by her. You know, if you have your whole f- 18 family members around this woman who also infects these 18 family members, that's thousands of lives put in danger. Correct. It was a mistake, but yeah, like you said, it was a mistake, but not ethically. That was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, so we did, you know, had the discussion on the, uh, 
you know, you're a draw, you know, the ethical, this, you're a, you're a uh, drawbridge operator and the boat is coming towards the drawbridge. Oh, this and, one. <laughs> and your, your son or daughter is on the seam of the drawbridge. And if you open the drawbridge, your child will die. If you don't open the drawbridge, a thousand people will die. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You know, mm-hmm. and of course you're, you're supposed to let your child die to save the thousand because it's ethically right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ethically right if you take your heart and mind out of it, but <laughs> it's still hard. So mm-hmm. it's a hard decision. So, but that was, but we got to have that conversation. Yeah. And the last, um, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, going back to school again since, uh, you know, because of <laughs> reasons. the whole COVID-19 changed all this. I was supposed to be like teaching classes for SANS by now, but that's all been side sideshowed. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, uh, but the last class that I took last year was ethics in the professions. And, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Covered that. And it's always, you know, like, here's the, the dilemma. You have two two options. Both of them suck. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. you know, and, and that's your options. And so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's the typical, the trolley problem, as they say. Yeah. So you want, yeah, since we're kind of on the pe- or the COVID, you want to talk about the payroll uh, protection program with the yeah. New York Times article being afraid to spend the money? Yeah. So. <laughs> Go for it. You're, this is, this is, the PPP is more you than me. So let's hear it. Yeah. So, so in the, the article, it, it talks about specifically a woodworking shop that they, they received uh, $197,000 to make payroll for their woodworking shop. Uh, and, but their dilemma was they didn't, you know, you have to bring the employees back in order to use that money. Cause if you don't, you have, you have to spend 75% of all of that money on payroll yep. or you'll have to pay it back. So their dilemma was that they didn't want to bring back the employees because they didn't have work for the employees to do. Mm-hmm. But what they missed, they missed the point because <laughs> the, the, point. <laughs> yeah, the point of the money was to make sure that employees did not go without a job. And so the point was to bring those woodworking employees back to the shop and pay them, even though your company doesn't have the workload because it's free money. It is literally free money. If you pay those employees, then you don't have to pay it back. And it gives those people a job for eight weeks during this eight weeks of COVID-19 where they're not working. Are you telling me your staff, so you have $197,000 of staff, that there's nothing that they could do in that woodworking shop for eight weeks that could make you money? Nothing. Nothing. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nothing. So I, I don't know. May, it almost seemed like a made up article because it was just too ridiculous that, that they didn't get the point of that or yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, sometimes the New York times does a decent job and sometimes they're just all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, but, but then again, there could also be people who just are clueless. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. I mean, you know, so, I mean, the, the rules and the regs behind those did seem somewhat convoluted. Yeah. And they were smart enough to apply for the loan. 
they were smart enough to have the forethought to do it, but they weren't smart enough to know what to do with it once once they got it. Now, now I'll be honest, I applied for it because of uncertainty yeah. and based on what I was seeing, I didn't think that I would actually get the loan. Right. But there's a, you know, I, I applied, I was like, well, I probably won't get it. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to go any, I'm not going to figure out how I'm going to spend the money until I actually have the money. Yep. And then I got my confirmation. I was like, okay, got to call my attorney, call my <laughs> CPA. I got to, I got to call my, my other MSP friends to find out what they're doing. Uh-huh. And, you know, what's their plan? You know, I didn't come up with the plan until I had the money. Holy but, holy, I didn't think I was actually going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I was going to get it, but I didn't, you know, I didn't freak out like, Oh my goodness, I got it. What am I going to do? I guess I'm going to put it in the ground. Like, yeah. Did Did you read any Bible parables? You know what happened to the guy who put the money in the ground? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So for me, now you applied for the PPP, the payroll protection program or plan. Program. Yeah. Um, I, however, applied for the other one. Um, mm-hmm. What the heck is it called? The SBA, I forget what it's called. It, yeah. But it, it was, it started out as being, we're going to give you $10,000. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they proceeded to reduce that. Right. And then we're going to loan you $10,000. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so I applied for that thinking, again, I'm not going to get this. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like what are the odds? Um, I was quite surprised when I found a $1,000 advance in my checking account. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. And then I started looking, I was like, wait, so what am I supposed to do with this now? Yeah. <laughs> because I can, I can use it in operations because I have mm-hmm. a couple of clients who bought some stuff and have not, uh, not been paying their bills, mm-hmm. what we say. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I can definitely make use of this money for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember even now, like, you know, like the, 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 I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the requirements, you know, like yeah. what, is, what is it allowed for? What is acceptable, you know, or not. And I don't even remember now this was a loan or was this the forgivable part? See, so, I think, I, I think initially, cause they changed the rule, yeah. the, the laws and the rules changed after things actually went and this, it was supposed to be a stimulus grant mm-hmm. that you didn't have to pay back. Right. It, it was supposed, that was what it was supposed, you know, that's where they started out at 10,000. We're going to give small business owners $10,000 uh, right. and without them having to pay it back right. and they can apply for the PPP loan. Yep. That was initial. And of course that changed over time. And I don't even know where it landed because because right. it got so squirrely with the SBA because they couldn't handle the process. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure that I won't have trouble paying that money back. But it's like, I'd like to know, you know what's, what's the plan, right? So, mm-hmm. And I don't even know how to find out. I got to dig. But I've been getting inundated. I'm sure you have too if you've looked in your spam folder recently. Um, I've been getting, um, you know, just, just inundated with like, hey, your PPP loan. Hey, do you need help with this? Hey, and 
Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, 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 and nope. Nope and nope. Well, and, you know, because our industry, of course, everybody, we don't know what the future will hold. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we don't know what the future will hold anyway. Yeah. But we, there is uncertainty in the future as far as um, businesses, like right now, so my industry has been very busy during, you know, the, the computer, the managed services, we've been really busy during this time and we can't shut down because everybody's got to work from remote. While I have had some attrition, I've had some clients go away because they wanted somebody who was much cheaper than us. And we've had some, you know, practices that they needed to reduce their total volume. They needed to reduce their money because they weren't you know, their offices were closed. They yeah. couldn't see patients, so they needed to reduce their bill. So then we had reduced pay or reduced money that we've gotten paid from them. So we've taken maybe up to between a between an eight and a ten percent loss of revenue, mm-hmm. you know, just during the last two months. Uh, so that's the other key thing that people need to remember when it comes to the the payroll protection forgiveness is also writing up the facts of why you needed the loan. And that, mm-hmm. and they made that rule after, after they gave money. So on April 28th, that that's when they, I'd already put all my stuff in. I mean, all of my paperwork had been filed now that April 28th. Oh yeah. By the way, you have to write up your justification for this loan. Yeah. You can't just get it. I think that that was kind of typical of what we're seeing out of Washington these days, though. You know, like, ready, fire, 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 fire. Aim? Aim? Who's, who said that? Why do we have to aim? Just keep firing, you know? Firing. I mean, I, I agree. I agree that the justification is there. Sure. If, if you had, you know, if you're like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to get all the free money I can. Well, that's not a good way to be if you had a solid business that was not even going to be affected by this. Although realistically there's, I don't know any industry that is not affected by this in some way or another, because, you know, us being service industry, while, you know, my clients are affected or their clients are affected and it all rolls down. Yeah. So I'm affected because my clients are affected. (laughs) <laughs> yep. One of my, uh, my largest clients right now, they've um, reduced everyone's hours. The workforce is cut to, you know, like um, uh, 80%. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, choice between like furloughing people and laying them off, you know, altogether versus, you know, cutting back a little bit. As long as it's done universally, like, you know, are the top executives also cutting back on their pay? And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I, I see that. I think yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, well, there you go. Cool. Um, how to make a mask. Yeah, we'll put my uh, how to make a mask. That'll be our nifty. That, that, will be, <laughs> that will be nifty. So I did send you the link on the Germex from Amazon, and it says now it's unavailable. Currently, yes. <laughs> Currently yes, unavailable. Currently unavailable. Um, yes, I did see that, but while we were talking, I did um, – uh, find my own <clears throat> and, and ordered another one that's similar. So, um, and I, I received, I've just figured out, you know what, I'm going to order it. And if it comes, it comes, if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, yeah. 
So um, I've I've got plenty of hand sanitizer. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I mentioned this early on when this when the panic started to set in. I bought a couple, like a gallon of hand sanitizer back when I was actively doing jujitsu and Krav Maga two or three times a week during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And I would just use that stuff religiously after class because it was like, you know, there were no showers at the school. So I would just <laughs> do that and just slather hand sanitizer all over myself and not feel like I was a walking bacteria petri dish. <laughs> So I still have plenty of hand sanitizer, but, um, you know, I'm trying to limit use of that until like, you know, for when I'm out, because when I'm right. home, I can just wash my hands. Right. So, but um, also I got a, I got my second delivery from Instacart via Instacart the other day. Um, never used them. I had used them. Well, I've never used them until this whole thing started a few mm-hmm. weeks. And, um, you know, props to my, uh, uh, my, uh, shopper this last time, he did a wonderful job. I gave him an additional tip online and $5 in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, also the way they bagged it, um, at the store was great because all the canned stuff and all the dry goods were all in their own separate bags and all of the like perishables were in different bags. Nice. So all the canned and dried stuff, I just picked up, walked down to my basement, stuck it in the corner and walked away. <laughs> Three days later, I went back and I opened it all up and sorted it and stuff, but I didn't have to like spray it down or wipe it down or anything like that. So I was mm-hmm. pretty happy with that result. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, for the convenience of it, uh, you know, it's definitely worth it. And that was a week ago. It was last week uh, on that, the great, strike day that was supposed to happen too, where, you know, all of the uh, delivery services and everyone was supposed to go on strike. So, you know, uh, <laughs> my, uh, I was told that, you know, oh, you're not supposed to do that today because these people have no choice. I'm like, look, this guy obviously wanted to show up for work. So I paid him extra. You know, I gave him what I thought was a generous tip. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing that as well for, for restaurants when we've ordered takeout, we've, yep tipped generously here's here's a pro tip on that call yeah oh so you're going there and taking out that's good Mm -hmm. Um, i was going to say if you're going to use delivery call the restaurant and ask them Mm -hmm. what method they choose the best you know or just ask them to do the order online Mm because some of these takeout services like uber eats and stuff right such a high percentage that they're if they're making any money they may not even be making any money on the transactions okay you know, so, um, so find out what delivery service they choose, you know, their best, like if it's a pizza place and they have their own delivery drivers and stuff, and if you call and place the order, they'll probably send that. They're not going to call Uber Eats to arrange for a delivery for you. Okay. So, you know, the companies like Uber and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're helping, you know, they're keeping people moving and stuff, but not so much right now, which mm-hmm. I'm okay with because Uber is Uber is evil. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so there was a, there was a, a strike or the the May first was it was supposed to be a big strike slash walkout day targeting things like Instacart and Amazon and others. And I forget what the significance of May first is. It's historically there's supposed to be some kind of you know Labor Day kind of thing. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that because. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody had a choice, you know, it's not like they were indentured to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I mean, that's the thing. It's like I've been paying my cleaners. I've been sending them checks, even though I told them not to come, mm-hmm. you know, and because uh, I want them around when it's done, right? Yeah. So, yeah, right. I, I paid my gym, even though I couldn't go. Yeah. Because I want them to be, I wanted them to be in business when we could go back to the gym. Yep. If so. I did, you know, there you go. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking there's, I know of a, a couple of businesses in the area here in Boston, which are said, we're done, you know, we've closed and they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're going out of business and it's, it's kind of sad, but uh, yeah. Um, speaking of kind of sad, but not like the end of the world. Um, I, I don't uh, blame COVID-19, but it sure certainly didn't help. Um, but, uh, my girlfriend and I decided to part part ways earlier this week. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. You know, no matter how you look at it, it's a bummer, but, um, you know, we just realized we weren't what we were looking for. And, you know, I think COVID-19 just sort of like shined a big light on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, it, ex- it accelerated the inevitable. Yeah. It's not just that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it was no hard better. feelings, you know, like it's, we, I've still got a few things at her place and she's got a couple of things that she left here and we'll connect again at some point down the future to exchange stuff. But it's like, eh, whatever. So, but you know, it was funny because I was thinking about that. I was like, no, I'm not going to, it's it, COVID-19 did not kill my relationship. You know, it was, it was, but it, but it, but it, it didn't help. It didn't help the, the strength of the relationship either. I'll go that far. <laughs> but it's funny because another one of the podcasts that I listened to, the title of it was "Did COVID nineteen kill my relationship?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. I gotta listen to that one, but maybe not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, we should uh, we should do another Munchkin game or mm-hmm. another online social. I have been doing more um, social, just you know, calls with friends just to connect and yeah. say, "Hey, how uh, you doing?" Yeah, pretty much. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a way to keep in touch. It's not the same as being in person, but I think it's the best thing that we've got right now. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it has been really nice for me to have the farm. I mean, obviously I like the farm, but I can go down there on the weekends after having been, I, I'm either working at my office by myself yep. or I'm here at home where everybody else is working here at, and and I can go to the farm and have a complete change of scenery and n- no risk because yep. there's no people down there. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's just it. So, yeah, I mean, part of me wished that I had gone and retreated up to uh, Vermont, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I would have been out there and I guess, you know, the biggest thing I was like, I would have been able to go out into the woods and stuff, but it's been, it's been like winter up there still. They've gotten snow and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I probably would have been just as stuck inside up there as I have been down here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, uh, other than like seeing people in person and teaching yoga in person, this isn't that big of a change for me. Mm-hmm. You know, from someone who's worked for home predominantly for the last, you know, several years, mm-hmm. it's not that big a deal. So that said, um, you know, we're, we're starting to make plans here in Massachusetts for how we're going to reopen. Um, you know, the yoga studio is exploring options. And mm-hmm. they've, uh, as I understand it now, they're still, they're giving us the option, you know, so if we don't want to, we don't want to do it, we can, we can continue to teach remotely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got some private lessons that I'm doing over the internet. And, you know, I got to say some of these, I'd, I'd like to keep doing some of these as privates and, you know, mm-hmm. some of these um, uh, as virtuals over the internet. Yeah. Some of the stuff I, I prefer to do it. I'd, I'd like to do a little of each. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. Well, and so the, the, I'm rereading, you know, how to survive the end of the world as we know it, you know, <laughs> the prepper manual, <laughs> but the, you know, it, it, one of the things that he talks about is he does talk about geography and he says, if you're in the Northeast, get out of the Northeast, <laughs> get as far away from the Northeast as possible because he said, if, yeah, well, if you couldn't get out of the Northeast, he said the, you know, the only places that he would recommend would be like Vermont. He said, because of the lack of population, he said, but the problem is if there was ever a huge problem, all the people from the cities are going to leave the cities and the closest areas are the Vermont, the North, you know, all, all the open areas there. So he's like, get out of the Northeast. So, I mean, you've been talking about looking at Arizona, so that's where maybe your prepper Haven needs to be. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Your your bunker underground will stay dry and yep. cool. There you go. <laughs> well, on that note, too, I'm hoping um, to list my rental property for sale mm-hmm. up, uh, you know, this month, the end of the month mm-hmm. or so um, is the end of my lease. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that will still go through because I, 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 I think we're heading towards a recession. You know, frankly, I'm I'm kind of surprised that the that the economy is doing as well as it is right now. You know, we took a sucker punch to the gut with this whole COVID nineteen thing, but it's coming back. Yeah. But I just, hmm, I just don't know. I don't. You know, it feels bubblish, and I, I think that may have been the, the 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 storm before the storm, or however you say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm well. I think that I think that you're right. I'm hoping that you're wrong and uh, I I hope I'm hoping that you're wrong, but the optimistic side of me says, I'm hoping that what we did with the, the relief of the $660 billion that got pumped into the economy uh, can maintain optimism uh, because there will be, there, there are already losses. Mm -hmm. I mean, so uh, hopefully the, you know, one per i mean it is what it is but i mean one person's loss is another person's gain if an it company goes out of business somebody's going to pick somebody has to pick up their clients right because those clients still need you know fixing whether the previous people so uh i i think that there will be a dip i would like it to be a small dip and uh i would like to say that we'll 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 be all right Let's hope for the best, you know, <laughs> hope for the best, but prepare for prepare the worst. For the worst yes. <laughs> there you go, oh, brother. So, so yeah, cool. Well, on that happy note, on that happy note, <laughs> I'll let you take this out. <laughs> All right. Well, that was thank, a happy note. That was a happy note. Um, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go down to the farm and Lexi's going to help me build a wall. So that'll be happy. Build the wall. Build the wall. We're going to build a wall. Not, not the wall between us and Mexico, just a a wall to keep the birds and air out. Got it. Got it. (laughs)
A wall, not the wall, not the wall. So, so thank you for joining us today. We would like your feedback. If you'd like to discuss a particular topic, you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can also reach us individually at our, at our places of business, you know, (laughs) or our websites, uh, paradigmcc.com. Yeah. Yeah. At our homes, paradigmcc.com, yoga with peter.com, sublimecomp.com. There's lots of places on there where you can find us. And other than that, I, I guess there's only one thing left to do. I think it's time that we push the big red button, big red button to contact either us or our guests visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.